Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Today I have Glenn Lord with me. Glenn is very well known in the world of bereaved parents, and he is the founder of the Grief Toolbox, which is a place to find tools and resources for someone who finds themselves in a place of deep loss. Last week, Glenn shared his son Noah with us, and we talked about hope and how to nourish a seed of hope in you even if you can't find that seed at first. If you didn't hear it, you may want to go back and listen to that episode first. It's episode 19. This week, Glenn will be walking us through some steps to help us find purpose and meaning after the death of our child. Glenn, welcome back. We are doing a second episode here with Glenn Lord. And if you missed last week, I encourage you to go back and listen to that. There was a lot of good stuff in there. So, Glenn, glad to have you back. Good to be back. Good to be back. Last week, Glenn shared his son Noah with us. So, if you want to hear about that, that should be episode 19. Go ahead and listen to that first. We ended that one by saying on this next episode that we're doing today that Glenn's going to be walking us through some steps of finding purpose and meaning after the death of our child. And I heard Glenn teach this in a workshop recently, and it was really good. So, Glenn, I'm going to turn it over to you. Would you please walk us through what you taught that day? And I just want to tell the listeners, you may want to pause the podcast and get paper and pen, or if you're somewhere where you can't do that, you're probably going to want to re-listen to this and take some notes, because this is going to be very helpful. So, so Laura, I want to do this a little bit differently in the sense that, um, you know, normally I present this with a group of people, but since you're the, the one person here, I'm going to have you kind of play the group and I'm going to ask some questions of you and let you give me some answers and you can kind of share with the group kind of your, your realities around some of these things, if that's okay. all right. Sure. Put me on the spot. I'm putting you on the spot. Let's do it to each other. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about, um, let's go back before Becca died. Before Becca died, tell me a little bit about yourself and tell me a little bit about what, 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 you know, what excited you? What did you do? What were some of your skill sets? What, what made you who you were? Well, I have always been drawn to children. I actually had an international children's ministry that I did. I taught children's church, uh, directed vacation Bible schools. I homeschooled my kids through many of their years. I've always had a love for teaching. And I actually uh, was certified and was a preschool teacher for a few years. And another area would be music. I love to sing. My parents had me in front of a microphone by the time I was able to talk on up. And so I've actually been on in tour groups doing singing and things. So prior to Becca dying, would it be fair to say that you had a, a love for your fellow man and a, a talent for music and a talent for ministry and you were, had a teaching skill and those were all kind of the core of who you were. You had those all inside of you, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Beck, Becca died. And um, in the beginning, you probably felt like you you lost everything. And uh, you'd mentioned earlier last week in, in, our, in our conversation that you had not felt you lost hope. 
but there was probably a lot of other parts of your life that you had felt you had lost. Um, and it was probably a lot larger than, than Becca when, when you kind of thought about some of the things that you had lost. Um, you know, in the beginning, you, you obviously had lost her physical presence. Um, you lost your dreams for her of where it was that, you know, you thought your world was going to look like you had no sense of control. Perhaps you lost a sense of control. Maybe you, maybe you lost an idea that you had an understanding of how things work. Um, what, what did you feel like in the beginning? What can you tell, share? If you go back to that moment and you know, talk a little bit about how you, you know, you had said earlier, you hadn't lost your sense of hope, but what did you feel like at that time? Everything felt very dark, very, very dark. I didn't want to continue living. It's, it, you know, like I said last week, it's very strange because even though you know in your head, you still have all these things and people, relationships, children to live for, you just don't have a will to do that. And I remember telling God to just take me, you know, just, just take me. I don't want to be here. And uh, I did go on autopilot for a while and I paid the price for that because I, I did do international children's ministry and I did a, a trip to Africa and I, I paid a high price for it. My body just gave out, uh, my adrenal glands gave out and so it, it, was, uh, it was very difficult and I did have to step back. I stepped back from like being on the worship team at church. Uh, it, music was very hard. Worship was very hard because Becca was a worshiper and she wrote beautiful worship songs and we had talked about you know maybe writing a book together based on you know kind of a mother-daughter view of her journey through cancer as a child and having an amputation and so that was gone and yeah there were just a lot of things that were that I felt were taken from me that was a pretty loud voice in your life wasn't it in the beginning very yeah and probably you know the listeners out there depending on where you're at in your journey you may be hearing that loud voice. You may be hearing the loud voice that allows you to focus on all of those things that, we, that you've lost. But the fact is, is that a lot of the things that we think we've lost, we haven't actually lost. I mean, you mentioned right there that you'd kind of lost the will to, 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 to live. Uh, you had lost kind of the desire to invest in anything. You had lost the desire to have a ministry. Um, you know, you, you kind of lost a lot of those things. And in the beginning, it's very easy to focus on those because they all do really seem like things that, that you, we have lost. And if you're a listener out there, you're probably feeling like a lot of these things are things that you've lost too. But I want to talk to everyone and I'm going to ask, ask, ask you, Laura, to share about, I want to talk about a couple things that we didn't lose. Today, today, do you love Becca less, more, or the same as the last day you held her in your arms? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, you know, it's really strange to say, but more. More. So you didn't lose love. Love grew. And that's probably true for every single person listening. I have talked to thousands and thousands of people, and I've yet to hear someone who told me that they love their child less today than the last day that they held their child. Sometimes I hear people say them love them the same because they say they already love them more than they could possibly, anyone could love anyone, so the love couldn't grow. 
But I, usually the answer is that the love has grown. But in any case, the love was never, ever, ever lost. Never lost. And you're still here. You're still here. You may not at the time understood what your purpose was or why you were here, but all of us are, are still here. And all of those skills that you talked about, you still had them. You didn't, Becca dying didn't stop you from being able to be a musician or loving your fellow man or having the, the ability to teach, all of those things. And whatever, as a listener, whatever those skills that you had, whatever it makes inside you, you didn't lose them. Now, I want to emphasize, it may not be that you have an interest in doing them anymore. Laura, you're not doing a children's ministry today, are you? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> no. So that direction was gone. But the skills that you had to be a minister for children are still there. You, so for if someone is, is there, it doesn't, I want to emphasize, it doesn't mean you're going to continue doing what you're doing or you need to or you should or any of those things. I just want to emphasize that the skill sets are still there. And we may choose to leave those skill sets behind. And, and that's okay. You know, one of the things you talked about, I don't remember if it was in this episode or last episode, I think it was when you were closing last episode, if I remember correctly, you were talking about the fact that we want to be defined by their life, by our, their connection with what they did and how they brought, and, and the fact that they were in our lives, not by the fact that they died. And that um, is really important because no matter how someone died, in, in, in your case, it was a long-term illness. But the moment of death was still a moment. Even before that, she was still alive. It may have been, she may have been sick. It may have not been the same life from before, but she was still alive. And the, the death is really only a moment, no matter how someone dies. And no matter how someone dies, the death is always infinitely shorter than their life. Even if they died in utero, even if the child was never, ever born, you had them for months and you had those ideas of who they were and all of those people. And, and so their, their existence is much greater than their death. And it's easy for us to focus on their death because their death is that loud voice that tells us all those things that all those things that were, were gone. So if, if you're out there listening, I want, I want you guys to, you know, you get it. If you've got a piece of paper and a pen, I want you to, um, I want you to take it. I want you to write something down here and, I'm going to do this a little quicker than I would normally do it because I don't want to have a lot of dead air space on the, uh, on the podcast here. So what you might want to do is pause it after each piece because I'm going to kind of jump forward after, after I do this. But on the top piece, I want you to write along the text. I want you to write gifts you were given. And I don't want you to write this. This is not, you know, this is not physical gifts. This is not if you were blessed to have a child that was wealthy and gave you a house or a car or a piece of jewelry or even a beautiful painting on the wall. These are the gifts that, you, that are inside your soul. So, so yeah, Laura, what, what is a gift that Becca gave you? She definitely gave me a gift of laughter, a gift of pushing through and to keep going no matter how hard things are. Yeah, those are gifts. Those are really important gifts. Noah, Noah gave me the gift of slowing down and seeing the world. Um, you know, he he was four and a half, but um, he would. Uh, example I share often with people is that uh, he played soccer, and if you um, have ever seen four year olds play soccer, it's not a it's not a pretty game. It's not what you see <laughs> in the World Cup. But uh, they kind of all run around in a big pack, and they all kind of chase the ball, whoever's fastest. 
But that wasn't Noah. He was out looking in the field to find the prettiest flower to bring over to his mom. <laughs> the soccer game was going to take care of itself. Someone needed to find that beauty and share it. And I, I learned that from him, and that's a gift I have from him. So um, I want you to uh, you know, go ahead and write that down. And when you're done writing that down, then why don't you go ahead and start, uh, start the podcast again? Yeah, and I'll just say, you know, Becca's gift of laughter through her illness, the nurses at the hospital knew her for just her antics and how goofy and how silly and the things that she would do <laughs> that would cause the nurses to just come in and say, Becca, you've got to stop that <laughs> kind of stuff. But she she had fun, you know, through all of her, every everything that she went through, she she laughed her way through it. And yeah, there were there was painful times and tears and and there were difficult times, but boy, she sure knew how to um, bring joy into very difficult situations. I think that's that's amazing. That leads us actually into the next question I want everyone to write down, and that is, uh, what is forever different in you because they were in your life? And I think you just shared a little bit of that. I want to kind of extrapolate out of that, but that that ability to just find that joy in the moment and and bring that joy into other people sounds like that's something that's forever different in you because Becca was in your life. Yes, definitely. And so I want you guys to think about what about you is forever different because they were in your life. And so when, you, when you've done that, again, um, you know, take a moment, write that down and think about it. And when you're done, go ahead and, and, and unpause the podcast. And the next question I have for everyone is, what strengths do you have? What do you do well? We already talked about Laura being a, a minister or a teacher or loving her fellow man or being a musician. Um, so what are your skills? What are your strengths? What is it that you do well? Think about it. And remember, the fact that you do them well, I want to emphasize this, does not mean that you, that you, are, that you either A, are doing them, or B, that you have a desire to do them. That's not where we're at right now. All you're asking yourself is what strengths do you have? So take a moment and write down those strengths. And when you do, what I want you to do is I want you to you know, turn back on the um, – Turn back on the on the on the tape on the podcast here. So now we were talking earlier about kind of what what strengths you had and and you know you may be saying to yourself, well, I don't want to do that anymore. You know, I I don't want to be a, a children's ministry anymore. That's not what I want to do anymore. And you may be saying to yourself, um, you know, okay, you've just told me I have this strength. You just told me that was what was brought into my life. And you may be hearing that that's that's what I was saying, but it, but it's not. I think one of the things we do really well in grief is uh, there's a saying that says, um, you know, don't should on me. And you have to be careful. If you say that wrong, it comes across a little differently. Right. Um, but I, I, I don't think the problem is other people shooting on us. Um, I think most of us are pretty good because if you're sitting there thinking I'm telling you to do something, you guys have already told me in your own head, that's nice. I'm not doing it. So you've already done that. But I think what we often do is we should on ourselves. Yeah. How often do we do things, not because we want to or because we believe it's where we're led to, but it's believe it's, we believe it's what we should do. Um, have you ever done that, Laura? Oh, yes. Guilty. Yes. Yeah, me too. Me too. Now, that doesn't mean that something that you may think you should do isn't also what you want to do. But then you're not doing it because you should do it. You're doing it because you want to do it. And so I, what I want you to do is, is as you're thinking about this, 
is, you know, sometimes you think about, you know, what should I do with my life? Or what should I do to honor my loved one? What should I do? And I want you to stop thinking that way because as long as you're thinking about the should, you're being driven by a part of you that isn't, isn't that being broken open that we talked about in last episode. You're being driven by that being by that broken closed. Look to what it is you want. Look to where it is your your daughter. So now I want to um, we're going to do one more kind of exercise here that I think will help pull some of these pieces together. So I want you to flip your paper over. You've already written on it some of those other pieces in here. I want you to to take a moment here, and while you're doing this, I want you to listen to the quiet voice inside yourself, not the one that's driven by the shoulds not the one that's driven by all of those things you've lost, but the one that's driven by the wants, the one that's driven by the, the, the love, the one that's driven by all of those gifts that they brought and gave to you while they were in your life. And now I want you to ask yourself a question. And I just want you to write down the first couple things that come to your mind. Keep in mind all of those gifts. Keep in mind all of those ways you forever changed. Keep in mind your strengths. And ask yourself, what do I want to do with my life? Once you've written that down, then unpause the podcast. The next question I want you to think about here is, I want you to think about, okay, you've thought about what it is your gifts were. You've thought about how you were changed. You've asked yourself, what is it that you want to do? And I want you to think a little bit about that in terms of what is you want to do and what is it that you want to do that honors your loved one? Now, now Laura, you're doing something that's maybe, maybe larger or more extreme than some people might want to do, but, but share with people kind of what you're doing. I know if people listen to the podcast probably a little bit, but sum it up a little bit because I want to then backtrack that down to people who maybe aren't ready to or don't want to or aren't led to do what it is you're doing. Okay, well, first thing that I did was I decided that I wanted to start a support group in my home because there wasn't one in our area. And so we just started having people over and we just started getting together on a monthly basis just to be together and walk this out together of the loss of a child. From there, I ended up writing a book. And I, I think that's something that's really good for a lot of parents to do is to write your child's story, write your story, make a memoir, write whatever you want or need to write. But I wrote, I wrote a book. It turned into seven books I have now. Then we began to go out speaking and ministering to churches, just bringing a word of hope for anyone who's gone through a deep loss or a deep tragedy and as well as speaking at bereaved parents groups, and that has turned into, for us, a national ministry of grieving parents sharing hope, GPS Hope, and I have recently begun to re-add music back into that, and that includes beginning to write songs for this. So for you, it, it was kind of going back, you said you had an international youth ministry before, and it was kind of going back into that limelight of living the world of ministry a little bit differently than you were before, but living that. And so, you know, for some people, doing something to honor their child and doing this might simply be getting up and going to work and putting food on the table, whatever that might be. 
it doesn't have to be something big and major like or something that you're, you're looking at and saying, you know, I'm running a, a, a ministry where I'm, I'm helping bereaved parents across the country. But it could be something that's in that same realm. I mean, you talked about opening up and, and running a support group. It could be simply deciding, I'm going to go to my support group and I'm going to be the person who welcomes everyone there. I'm going to get involved with the newsletter. Or maybe it is you have some passion. You know, you've talked about kind of bringing this passion back up. Maybe you have some passion that you, that you feel that want, you know, you want to change something. Maybe that uh, I know one parent where their child drowned and they've gone out and tried to get uh, life jackets for uh, a community there so that their children have an opportunity to use the boat safely when they go out there. They don't have to have their own life jacket. They can go do it. Or it could be something, you know, it, it can go all across the board with what it is you're doing. It might be helping run a blood drive. It might be being involved in suicide prevention. It may be involved in some sort of um, addiction support services. It may be helping, you know, people who uh, have suffered a, a murder and helping them reinvest and find you know, hope in their lives or whatever that may be. So whatever it is, it's, it's what it is you want to do. It's based upon your strengths. But now I want everybody to kind of take this because now we've talked about what we want to do and I want to break it down into to a couple more areas. So now I want you to think, everybody, I want you to take that list of what you wanted to do and now I want you to take and bring it back down to what it is you can do. What it is that really works for you and your life that you want to do off of your skill sets and I want you to write down what it is you can do. So once you've written down what it is you can do, then turn back on the podcast. So now you've taken and you've looked at what it is you want to do, and now it was built on all the gifts and strengths that you've got. Now it is I want you to take and I want you to write down what it is that you will do. Um, it's really easy for us to say we can do something, but to take something into will do something, now we're starting to turn it into real. Because one of, the, one of the challenges sometimes we have in, 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 uh, in, in our grief is being willing to take a risk and, and go out and do something new and different. We kind of go into that shell and try to protect ourselves. But if we, you, you're, where you got to this point was not based upon shoulds. It was not based upon fears. It was based upon love. It was based upon gifts. It was based upon your desire. So what I want you to do is write down what you will do. So take a moment and write that down. And once you've done, then turn back on the podcast. And as you come back from the podcast, I want to suggest, because it's easy for us to tell ourselves that we'll do something, it's also helpful to make a public or tell someone else. And so there is a place, if you go to our show notes, you can write in the comments and let us know what you will do. The one thing or the two things that you will do or send me an email, laura at gpshope.org because we want to know. We, we want to know what you're going to do, what that thing is and give you the courage to do it. And when you're doing it, what it is you will do, I want you to do one more thing. I want you to break it down in as to what can you do tomorrow. I want you to start there and look at an item, something that's small enough, that's doable enough, that by the end of the day tomorrow, you can have accomplished that. It doesn't have to be big. And then look at what are you going to do a week from now? What are you going to do a month from now? Put those all down. Don't go beyond the month 
because each day you're going to do this again. You're going to look at what does your day look like? What does your week look like? What does your month look like? And it's all based upon that framework that you put together to begin with. And it's okay if it changes as it goes because you're going to learn something about yourself and where you start does not need to be where you finish. But each day, if you go back to looking at what do you want to do and what are you going to do that day to make it happen, pretty soon you'll find you're, you're going somewhere. When you um, taught this in the workshop that I was in, and maybe you were going to go here, but I want to make sure this gets in because I thought this was so good. As you were finishing, you said that as we do this, that one of three things is going to happen. The first three steps, the first two or three steps that we do, one of three things is going to happen. You're going to know and be excited. You're on the right track and you're going to go on to the next three steps or you might discover it isn't the right time and that you need to take a break and come back to it later. Or the third thing is you may think, what was I thinking? This isn't what I want to do. <laughs> and, and you'll be able to <laughs> take it from there. <laughs> I, I love that. As, as a teacher, you must know how, how much that warms my heart that that, that, that stuck with you. That that notes. I feel like I taught it right when you're able to teach it again. So yes. that, that came across so well. Thank you. Thank you for that. What a gift you just gave me. So thank you. <sighs> so are, is that it, Glenn? That was walking That's them it. through it, Absolutely. right? That to me is about, you know, what it is to find your purpose again. And, you know, if you take a look and go through those pieces, um, you know, as you point out, it's it's not a done deal, and there's and what your thought may not be where you end up, and that's okay too. But if you it, it keep going back to it, keep looking at it because what you didn't lose, and by focusing on their life, focusing on who they were, who they are, those memories that are in you, and that love that has grown, that is not even the same, that is actually more than it was before, by focusing on those things then you can find your purpose again, and they will be with you. And I like to think of it as, as I'm more than I was before because Noah doesn't exist out here. Noah exists in here and in here, and so I'm able to bring him forward with me in everything I do, and the two of us can do a lot more than the one of us ever could. Yeah, and I remember hearing you saying, or maybe I saw it written somewhere, that you're living your life for both of you now. Absolutely. You're living your life for both of you now, but I think it's also important to remember it's with both of you now. Yes. Yes. Yep. They never leave us, do they? No, they do not. They do not. Um, as I say, I'm, I, I, I have two other sons who are, um, who are with me now. They were actually adopted after Noah died. But in that process, I feel closer to Noah than I do to either of them. And I want to clarify with everyone, that doesn't mean I don't love them beyond measure. I do. But there's a separation. I'm their dad. I still have to play the role of dad. And even though they're both a grow, don't grown adult young men, I still have a, a role where I'm still their father. And there's still a, a little separation that exists because of that. With Noah, there is no separation. There's nothing. I mean, if, if <laughs> he knows pieces of me, I don't even know yet myself. And mm -hmm. so that, that, that with that, there is nothing. And that lack of separation creates a closeness that's just in, impossible in any other form. Yeah, this grief is, is hard work, isn't it, to get through this? There's a reason they call it grief work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it is so very worth it, isn't it? 
It is. It is the most rewarding thing because one of the things we talked about earlier was I mentioned, I can't remember this episode or the last one where I said that um, a part of me died, but a part of me was also born. Mm-hmm. And what I have come to see through doing this grief work is that part of me that was born and has flourished and to your point is thrived, not just survived. There is so much more to life and there's life to live after, after our, our child dies. Definitely, definitely. And I've talked to so many parents who are, many of them further down the road than me. They have been the ones that have walked ahead of me. And so many of them have said, I would never want, never want to go back to being the person I was before my child died. Would I, would I rather have my child back? Yeah. <laughs> but I wouldn't want to be the person I was before my child died. It is a, in my opinion, it's a gift of God that we're not given that choice. Because mm-hmm. if it was a choice right here in front of us, I would be a lesser person probably and jump back and take my son back. But that's not a choice I'm given. And since it isn't, I'm blessed to be the man I am. And I'm blessed to see all of those gifts. And I'm thankful for them. And Glenn, we have been blessed to have you with us these last two weeks. This has been so, so good. Well, thank you very much. I've enjoyed it too. Something I just wanted to say, I want to end this because I have something in front of me. And I think I found this on your website. It says, through the work of grief, I have found purpose, passion, and hope. Absolutely. And all of our listeners can have the same things. Absolutely. Well, Glenn, it's been great. And I will let people know how they can get in touch with you. You have a whole grief toolbox ministry or or, uh, organization and what there's a grief institute. You have your hand in a cruise, (laughs) bereavement cruises. Glenn just has a lot of things out there for people. So we will put in the show notes all these things that Glenn is a part of and has founded and, and let people know how they can get a hold of you because I think there'll probably be a lot of our listeners that are going to want to connect with you after this. Well, it's a blessing, and I hope to meet every one of them. All right. Well, we'll be back next week then, and thank you so much, Glenn. Thank you very much. Thank you. And now it's time for our birthday segment. We have three birthdays this week. First is David Hector Toledo, who was born on September 5th and is forever 41. Francesca Ann C. Agravante was born on September 6th and is forever eight years old. And Brady Keith Herbert was born on September 7th and is forever 30. So we say happy birthday to these three, and we celebrate with your families the day that you came into this world. If you would like to have your child's birthday mentioned on the podcast, all you have to do is give us the information, and I would be happy to add them to our list and share your son or daughter with our listeners. Just go to gpshope.org slash birthdays and fill out that little form, submit it, and we'll have the information. We'll also put a link in the show notes for you. Did you know that my husband Dave and I live in a 38-foot motorhome that we call the Hope Mobile? And we lovingly place heart decals for all of our children on it and take them with us around the nation. You can sponsor a heart and have your son or daughter added and put on our Hope Mobile to travel with us. 
I will put a link in the show notes to where you can go that'll talk more about sponsoring a heart. You can pick seven different colors and there's a place there where you can fill out the information to be able to sponsor a heart in loving memory of your child. Also in the show notes, we'll have a link on how you can get a hold of Glenn and to go to the Grief Toolbox website. And I also want to remind you to please give this podcast a rating and a review. If you're not listening to it directly from the website, whatever, wherever you like to listen to podcasts, any podcast, the more ratings and reviews a podcast has, the more it causes it to rise up to the top in a search engine when people are looking for something like this. So if you would please just take a few seconds and go ahead and give it a rating and a review so that we'll start rising up higher and higher for other grieving parents who are looking for hope through a podcast. We would really appreciate that and I'm sure others who are looking would appreciate it as well. That's it for another week. And I want to remind you to hold on, pain eases, there is hope.